Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. on the Believe Network. I am Patrick Kiyote. I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Super Bowl 50 champion, Denver Bronco cornerback. Sorry, former Denver Bronco cornerback, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, somber day. <laughs> somber yes, day sir. that we have to record this this show because, I, I mean, there was a point where I thought, do we even record a show? Do we even do a show for this embarrassing performance? But before we get into that, how are you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing good, man. I know, uh, you know, it's probably, it feels like a dark cloud, you know, in Denver right now, but it'll be some, it'll be some sunny days coming out real soon, hopefully. Well, you know, the city you might get Caleb Williams, man. You never know. <laughs> the city get that some. gets 300 days of sunshine a year uh, is definitely experiencing that dark cloud as the Denver Broncos lost in an embarrassing fashion to the Miami Dolphins in week three. 20 to 70. I don't think I've ever, I don't, I've never seen a 70 point game in the NFL in my lifetime. It's the highest scoring game uh, in the NFL since 1966. Um, Chris, what were, what, what were your initial thoughts, your initial takes uh, after watching that game? Well, I, I think uh, when we did our picks, you know, I said they would score like 30 something points, you know, you were, we were going to need a lot of points to score, First but half. I never expected 70. You know, uh, we just came out there. It looked like we had no effort. You know, uh, we've we've been questioning the tackling since the preseason. You know, we've yeah. seen bad tackling, guys taking bad angles, um, you know, uh, not making the right fits. Usually the backers play good, but, you know, yeah. we just didn't fit the ball right. Um, you know, the running backs were running free. You know, I think they ran for 300. Did they run for 300 yards? 300 plus yards, yeah. You yeah. 350 so, yards of passing, 350 yards of rushing. Yeah, that's unheard of. That's like Madden. Like, people yeah. don't – like, kids can't even do that on Madden, you know. Yeah. So, we have to um, realize that that was like a very extremely poor effort. And uh, we got to be able to fix that next – at least play hard. At least yeah. tackle. Yeah. When you can tackle, tackling shows me that you got that dog in you. Yeah. Right. I always prided myself of being a great tackler. Right. Yeah. I know I could step on the field and be the best tackler on the field for the Broncos right now because these yeah. guys are missing what open field tackles, you know. Um, you know, guys aren't swarming. So those are things that let you know if you have that dog in you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the NFL edge because mostly everybody should be able to have the talent to be able to make a tackle. Yeah. Right, you yeah, know, everybody physically should... freak athletes, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So, if you can't tackle, that just means it's something that in you that's not right, right? Yeah. So, and as a team, we're having that I've, I'm seeing that as an issue, you know, every week that hasn't been fixed. And mm -hmm. I mean, like, how many missed tackles? 24. Did you that? That's an extremely tackles. high number in the NFL, yeah, yeah. right. I don't. I. 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 I would. I would like to look at how many missed tackles I had over my career. Like we'll, just you know, we'll get. We'll get that. Yeah, for the I, next I would want to see that because twenty-four tackles. That's a usually you come out the game probably like 10, 15 yeah. missed tackles depending on who you're playing. You know, sure. but twenty-four. That's an extremely high number, and I think that's an issue that we got to clean up on defense fast. You yeah. know, and that comes down to uh, it. 
you know, you made a fantastic point because really what it boils down to is effort. I mean, these guys spend yeah. all summer long. They've they've been doing this their whole career. This this is their career. It, you're yeah. you're coached up on how to tackle. You're coached up on how to play defense. Uh, it, you spend all summer working on it. All the off season, you're working on uh, your explosiveness, your hips, uh, your your tackling form. You get a new DC in, and maybe he has a different way of of teaching tackling. And and maybe that's you know maybe that's just a difference between the last. Uh, DC and and this DC, but it it, mm. it really what it boils down to is effort. How how bad right. do you want to make a play? How bad do you want to make that tackle? And that I will that picture of Devon A Chain is burned into my memory now, where there's just eight Broncos players face down in the grass, not right. even near him, and he's just running free. That is going to be the picture that every Broncos fan sees in their mind. For the longest time, the picture was the ball flying over Peyton Manning's head in Super Bowl 48. That was the picture that haunted us forever. Now it's going to be that picture because that single-handedly was the most embarrassing performance and the the worst effort. It's not even about the final score. It's not even about the final score. The final score is a reflection of the effort. You allowed over 700 yards of offense. You allowed them to score 10 touchdowns in a single game. You can't do that on Madden unless you're playing in rookie mode. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what Mike McDaniels right. and Vic Fangio were doing. This was rookie mode for them. And it's scary yeah. because they're a good offense. They're a really good offense. And the rest of the league should be terrified. But this was just a bad performance by the Broncos defense all in all. Alex Singleton played like a shell of himself. He had four missed tackles. Drew Sanders was getting embarrassed left and right. And this yes. is a guy who we had high hopes for. Really high yeah. hopes for. And he got a great opportunity to play. Yeah. Right. And and just nothing. Like it, it was right. just bad. For, I understand you're out there for a long time. And we talked about this before the season. We knew that this game was going to be grueling because it's Miami. Right. It's hot, it's humid, and that sun is just beating down on, on the visitor's sideline in that stadium. It's not fun, but you still have yeah. to play football, and, and it's just rough. So all, all the you know embarrassment aside, they, a football game was still played. Um, some of the things that I noticed, Chris, when watching the game was just, again, a, a recurring theme of – the Broncos defense not being able to generate pressure. Do you think that oh, this man. do you think that this boils down to a talent issue or is this a coaching issue? Yeah, I think we're going, we're putting too much blame on on Coach Joseph, even though he's not doing, you know, a stellar job. Uh, I think we're really lacking in talent, yeah. you know, playmaking abilities, playmakers. Uh, superstars, you know, guys that are blue chip guys around the league that you see on every defense. Usually, every defense has at least three. You gotta have, you gotta have at least three, or to be a top defense. You know, we see Eagles; they loaded. You know, mm-hmm. top yeah. to bottom yeah. with 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 blue chippers. You know, uh, the 49ers, You know, top to bottom got. Yeah. Solid guys, you know, you got to have that, you know, to be able to win. When we won the Super Bowl, you know, we had blue chippers all over the field, yeah, you know. So everywhere. right now I'm not just seeing 
uh, I'm not seeing the talent level uh, to be able to be um, uh, a top defense in the league as they were last year. Maybe because you lose a, uh, a K1 Williams. Maybe he might be a bigger issue than what people thought, you yeah. know, losing him. Uh, and not Justin being out, you know. You need yeah. Justin there, especially versus uh, number one offense ranked team right now. Yeah. Um, Mathis, you know, he's on – he's he really hasn't played good at all right now. So – no. Um, and then we don't, it looks like we don't have trust in the backups right now. No. So, uh, you know, that can get, and then Sertan, he's not going to play at, he's going to play good, but he's not going to play at the level that he can play at because it's hard to be motivated, you know, when yeah. you, when you don't have the, when you know, you don't have a lot of dogs around, you, yeah. you know, as a player, it can kind of wear you down. So hopefully right. he can be, it's going to be a good test to see if Sertan can mentally, shake it off and really lock in and still have a uh, all pro season. But it's hard to do that when you have that type of, when you have the guys that are around you right now that are not really producing. So uh, yeah. we definitely need the D line to get going for sure. Oh yeah. It, I mean, the defensive line needs to get going. The, the uh, edge edge rushers need to get going. You know, we we've expected a lot from uh, Randy Gregory. We've expected, you know, obviously Baron Browning isn't in there, but Frank Clark yeah. isn't in there. But Nick Benito, second round guy, he I mean, he's been stepping up a little bit. Um, he was he mm -hmm. was really one of the only players on Sunday. He was getting a little pressure. pressure. There, yeah. there was two total pressures in this game. Two. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. One from Gregory, one from Benito, no sacks, one quarterback hit, one hurry. I mean, that's tough for for yeah. a team that is so, so reliant on you know, that secondary playing well and being able to shut guys down, you have, like, you've talked about this. It has to be mm -hmm. that, that cohesiveness of the pass rush being able to not even just getting home. Don't you like, it's not about hitting the quarterback on every play. It's about creating the pressure, make them throw the ball out of rhythm, make right. them throw the ball without the anticipation. And that's where Tua has been just, lighting people up as he's those anticipation throws and kudos big big kudos again this this is nothing to take away from Miami's offense because their offensive scheme this year is revolutionary the way that they're right. using the fast motion um arena team it, exactly it, it, you said it perfectly yeah. there was a play uh one of a chain's big gains they ran in orbit motion uh, to the strength side, a chains lined up in the slot as a wide receiver. They run the orbit motion to the strength side and then ran a reverse with a chain to that same side that, I mean, it's, it's, they're telling you where they're going to go and they're like, stop it. Like we, we dare right. stop, stop this ball. They were getting 9.8, uh, 9.8 yards per play. I think they only got to third down twice in the first half. They were rolling. But as yeah. a as a secondary for the Broncos, you have like, yeah, you don't have Justin in there. You're really thin at safety. Um, there's not a lot of veteran leadership. Pat Sertan yeah. is doing everything is everything he can. That secondary is doing everything they can. It's hard to cover for that long. And when there's miscommunication, when there's not enough pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long day for the defense. So yeah. uh, the last thing that I wanted to bring up about the defense, Chris, it, I was talking to some, some of my buddies and 
um, they asked the question of, does this team have any leaders in the locker room? Like, do, do they have any leaders on defense? Like, we look back at the Super Bowl 50 team, and, and you said it perfectly. We had dogs all over the place. But it felt like there was more leadership at so many levels of that team, whether it was DeMarcus Ware or whether it was Danny Trevathan or whether it was Derek Wolf or whether it was you or, or Tlaib or Darian Stewart or, or TJ Ward there, it seemed like there was leadership all over the place. And so I want to ask you this based on that performance and based on the performance of all three games of this season, do you think that there's actually like a, a, a leader in that locker room, like a fiery leader that's going to get this team, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, get up in there. Or do you think that this is just one of those situations where there's just not a, a good leader on the team? I would say Cortland could be that guy, but you know, after you have a game like that and you, yeah. you have two major fumbles, right. That um, it's hard to go in there and be that rah-rah guy. Yeah. And um, the issue is, is, there's nobody in there that's one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, there's not a – we've seen Justin have success, you know, get some some accolades starting. Kareem's had a long career, but yeah. uh, nobody's one, right? Mm -hmm. Who's won uh, – like Bo said, he said it correctly. I've been here yeah. seven years and I haven't won. All, right? all I've done is lose. So only one you have in the locker room that's won a championship is Frank Clark. And, you know, he was with Mahomes. Right, yeah. it wasn't like he was just the, the main guy, you know. He right Pat Mahomes in the Chiefs offense, you know, Chris Jones, you know, that and Chris Jones, you know. Yeah. So, um, he's probably the only guy that's won something that's in there, and he's from he has he's from a, the rival, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> he's not he's even just, playing right now, <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's just enjoying the free, you know, yeah. the free uh, the labor right now, you know, he's mm -hmm. enjoying his time so. Um, uh, there's no, especially on the offensive side, it's more younger guys, um, right. not a lot of success, you know, so, uh, other than Russ. So that's the issue right there. You don't have a lot of guys that's, uh, had a long careers of winning and know what it takes to win. And, uh, so that's, I, that was, that would be my, uh, observation on it right there. Well, by, by my account, Chris, I think the, uh, the biggest way to solve this problem is for Chris Harris Jr. to put back on the Denver Broncos yeah. uniform and, and be that leader in the locker room. I'm joking. I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> um, let's, let's go over to the offense. We spent enough time talking about the defense. Let's go over to the offense. Of course, in, in this game, you're, you're mm -hmm. down fit. You know, this is a 50 point loss. And a lot of people have been pointing to, Oh, Russell Wilson can't get the Broncos offense going. Um, you know, it, it, it's just not like it's Russ can't, you know, whatever. Pin it on Russ. The truth is, the absolute truth is, the offense didn't play that terribly. Two really bad fumbles by Cortland Sutton, which is something we've never seen before uh, from him. But two really bad fumbles. Marvin Mims, man. This guy is someone that we keep bringing up in, in these conversations. Uh, really, really strong performance from him. He had that 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown as well. Uh, he was the highest-graded receiver uh, in this room. Absolutely balled out. Uh, what did you think of the Broncos' offensive performance in this game despite 
uh, all of the negatives surrounding the defense. Yeah, we just we're losing the turnover battle every week, you yeah. know, and we're not yeah. forcing any turnovers. Uh, yeah. So that's a bad recipe as for a team, you know, giving the ball away. Um, uh, I think Sean Payton mentioned that they scored on all three of those possessions. That's we spot them twenty one points. So um, that that would be my only thing, uh, my only argument to the offense. I think they the offensive line played better. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I think the inside guy was probably he struggled a bit. I think just from watching the game. Um, was it the uh, was it Cushionberry? Is that his name? The, uh, yeah, Cushionberry. Cushionberry had yeah. Been, all those first two games did not have a good game this game. Yeah, from just watching, I think uh, Christian Wilkins. You know, he's he's he. He's a blue chip guy. That's a tough matchup. So um, that was a good test for him. I think he was probably the best D lineman they had. So yeah. other than that, um, the running game, I think, was was flowing. I think Williams had a, a solid game. Uh, we yeah. got to find a way to get Mims more involved. Um, yeah. Judy, I think I had too, many, too much high expectations on Judy, you know. I mm. thought he was going to be able to be that um, break game breaker guy, but he, he seems more of a possession guy. You know, he might get open, move the chains, uh, you know, uh, and we got to use Mims as more of the big play threat. And I, I, I just want to see what else Mims can do, you yeah. know, because the way he looked like with the ball after that, with that kick return, uh, he has a lot of playmaking ability. So oh, I man. just want to see, we got to get him more plays. You know, they, I know he's a rookie and they want to start him slow, but come on now, he can learn 20 to 50. 40 plays, you yeah. know, and be able to be involved with 25 of them, you know, and and be able to get some more targets. So uh, we got to figure out a way to get him the ball. Yeah. Marvin Mims, three catches on five targets for 73 yards, uh, uh, only 11 snaps, only 11. Oh, snaps yeah, that, it, that's it's far too little, um, yeah. you know, and you're, he you're makes a big play and duty. we stop going to him. It doesn't. Does that make yeah. sense to you? What look look at what happened in Washington or against Washington? Yeah. It was the same thing. You hit two huge plays to him on both of those catches in the Washington game. One was a touchdown. One was a huge gain. I mean, it, this kid can play, and it's not like it's like some shock. Like, oh my gosh, why is he doing so well? His athletic profile coming out uh, of Oklahoma, he was the the highest from the relative athlete. Uh, Relative athletic score, RAS, which is a great mm -hmm. metric uh, for, for looking at prospects. He was the highest rated wide receiver in this class. And this was a good class for mm. wide receivers. Don't get me wrong. This next class yeah. is going to be fantastic. But this class was no slouch. And Marvin Mims right. was the, the by far and away the most athletically gifted wide receiver in this class. And on film at Oklahoma, we saw that big playability. He's not a big guy. He's only 5'11". You know, it barely right. 200 pounds, but he plays deep like he's a big body receiver. He plays like you would expect Cortland Sutton to play. Right. And yeah. so why are we only giving him 11 snaps on the ball? You know, it, why? Like against Washington, I think it was only like five or seven, you know. Yeah. So and you brought up the kick return. I want to mention this. Go watch that kick return again, because what he did was not something that you would expect a rookie to do. Right. right. He got that ball. He's getting up field and you watch him and you look at his eyes. He's really patient. And he's like, it's almost like he's throttling down. And then 
you see all of those blockers on the right side, and then he just turns on the Jets and goes exactly. That is is a veteran move. That's a veteran returner right there. And the Broncos have something special in that dude. And he Um, showed his athletic ability, right? Not a lot of people can slow down in the hole and then bounce outside and now run all the NFL guys and turn right. I mean, it was like that. It was yeah, the man. First. So we got to figure out a way to get this guy in the offense. Yeah, um, Sean Payton. I don't know uh, if 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 he's not smart enough. You know, if he's not capable of of, of the the intake of the offense on a weekly yeah. basis, or they're trying to get Cortland and Judy the ball because they're you know the uh, the the big money guys. Mm-hmm. But we got to figure out a way to get Mims the ball, and yeah, um, he's been a. You know, he's on pace trying to get that offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, trying to get that. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, I, I want guys like Cortland and Judy to be involved in the offense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like they were trying to get Judy involved and they definitely were trying to get Cortland involved. These guys are mm-hmm. open on a weekly basis and they're yeah. they're doing a really good job at creating separation. Cortland, if he holds on to those two balls, this is a completely different game for him. Is it? Is it right. a completely different game on the scoreboard? Probably not. Uh, uh-huh. y- you know, maybe one of those uh, that second fumble when he was inside the red zone. Maybe that turns into a touchdown, right? Um, right. Uh, I feel like his best work really is coming within the red zone. That touchdown that we saw from from Russ, where he's working that back of the end zone, that's where you're going to make your money. But it, right. it, it, ball security is so important. Um, and you just can't have those mistakes. That that is like deflating. It's drive killing. It just sucks the life out of the team. And it's it, I feel bad for Russ because he is playing so well. He's playing a he's playing really good football. Probably the best football we've seen him play since uh, that second to last year in Seattle. Like he he mm. really is doing a great job. Um, it, it's just. Those mistakes, those mistakes are just so killer um, for him and that that entire offense. The other person that I want to see get involved, Chris, before we get on to winners and losers and look at next week's game, Brandon Johnson. I want to see this dude. Get oh, yeah. Before. He's sneaky making plays. Yeah. It, like, right. you. I mean, he's he's from that uh, Chad Johnson bloodline. And Chad Johnson is his I think is his uncle or, or there's some relation there. Um, but this is a, a South Florida kid, you know, and we know that South Florida mm. kids can ball. This dude has a lot of promise. He had promise last year. This dude mm-hmm. really has some promise now. And I'm really excited to see him get involved uh, in, in the offense. But I want to ask you before we move on, we're going into a game against a really, really winnable opponent. The offense has been playing at a, at a better pace than last year. What else do they need to do in order to keep this train rolling on offense and maybe turn it around for the whole team? We got to try to eliminate the sacks. You know, yeah. uh, Russ is still getting sacked, you know, pretty high rate. I don't know what we yeah. rank in the league. You know, with uh, it's that, not good. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know we're getting a lot. He's getting a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um. So we have to clean that up. The negative because those leads the negative plays. Yeah. We get behind the sticks on second down, and then now we have third and longs. And have we been successful in completing third and longs? No, we have not. 
So I, I think we need we gotta find we gotta continue to figure out to get the run game going. Um, I, I think we're we we've been falling in a hole. We fell in a hole last week, so we couldn't really get it going like we did versus the Redskins. But we got to get it going versus the Bears. You know, get these play actions. Um, yeah. Get Mims involved. Take the top off. You yeah. know, and uh, ball security. Yeah. Lemonade sacks. Got to be it. and ball security. That should be the number one topic in the offensive room with Sean Payton because we can't continue to go down this road of giving three turnovers, two turnovers uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah. You're going to end up losing. You're going to lose every game like that. I think yeah. the percentages are like 85. They're, they're very high, you know. It's very high. Yeah, <laughs> if you win the turnover ratio, right? Yeah. So we got to win that and um, uh, be able to eliminate that and eliminate the sacks. Yeah, and uh, one of the keys that you brought up last week when we were previewing this game was you needed to see Mike McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles play a good game. And Chris, I'm happy to report that between those two players, there was only two total pressures. A week after Mm -hmm. McGlinchey gives up nine, or uh, sorry, uh, six pressures, he only allowed one, which was fantastic. But it's I didn't hear Chubb. I didn't hear Chubb's name at all. Everybody else was balling except Chubb. You know, you did I didn't not. hear him. And that and that yeah. was, I mean, that's good to see. That's good to hear. It, it's, yeah. but w- then what it comes down to is those other guys stepping up. Cushionberry Kush, had been the most consistent lineman through the first two weeks. He has a bad game. He gives up some pressures. Quinn Miners gave up three pressures, two hurries, one hit. I mean, granted, Russ wasn't sacked. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. That's a, a good sign. Yeah. But... Nine pressures overall, three of them from one player. I mean, it, it, it's it got to improve. The offensive line has to get better. You're going against a defense that is giving up a lot on a weekly basis, and there's some other things going on in the Chicago organization right. that are, are just kind of like, it's kind of feeding into their play onto the field, right? And it makes me think, like, what's going on in Denver that's bleeding onto the field here? Um, there were some reports from people. I know, uh, Jordan Lopez from, uh, um, from one of the Broncos podcasts, I'll, I'll, it'll Broncos Avenue. Sorry. Uh, he mm-hmm. was at the game and he reported seeing Sean Payton and, and Vance Joseph kind of going back and forth on the sideline. Maybe that's just Payton coaching him up. Maybe that's an argument who knows, but you know, when, when the coaches aren't, gelling and and the philosophies don't mix you're not going to get those results on the field um so that brings us into we're gonna we're gonna go over some quick winners and losers because there weren't a lot of winners from this game but there sure were a lot of losers so first winner chris uh we're gonna give this one again to marvin mims big game from him huge game uh what did you think uh you know why was he the winner of this 70 to 20 loss yeah well, I think he was the only one that made uh, uh, big plays, you know, yeah. big uh, catch down the middle, you know, in traffic and took a and hit. taking a hit. You know, <laughs> so that that was, a um, you know, a grown man play. Uh, nice return, being able to showcase his return ability, um, you know. So that's what we need. Uh, he's a only spark, you know, and with limited plays, you know. Yeah. He, he touches the ball how many times? Three times out of uh, – uh, you said he had five targets, right? Yeah, five targets, three catches. No, he's, 
made big so plays he touched the ball four times right he yeah. touched the ball four times so um that's what we need man we got to be able to get him the ball more and uh he's the long winner especially on the offense other than um like you said the tackles play better the running back yeah. plays solid so other than that i think he might be the long winner yeah i i mean i want to give i do want to give a winner uh title to russ just because i, I feel like he played a good game and, and he really was doing everything that he could and the fact that he was still in there you're down 50 and you're still in the game because it, it, that to me is like i'm sure sean payton wanted to pull him i'm sure he did not want his starting quarterback in there but knowing in and seeing the type of player and the type of guy that russ is he was probably like no i i'm gonna finish this game with my brothers because you know i'm i'm just not gonna go out like that um mm -hmm. so kudos to him the losers, Chris, this is a really easy one. The whole mm -hmm. damn team. It, this, this, right. is, uh, uh, this was the most embarrassing loss, um, honestly, in team history. We thought last year against the Rams was embarrassing, the game where Nathaniel Hackett got fired. We thought that was embarrassing. I mean, mm. it was because it was, A, it was on Nickelodeon. Uh, and, and so we had spongebob and patrick talking smack in between <laughs> plays with slime running down the yeah. field as russ is getting sacked and linemen are fighting on the sideline and b because it was a rams team that was in shambles no matt stafford baker mayfield's making his like second or third start and then you mm. lose like that on national television that was embarrassing this was even more embarrassing so bronco's got to fix something man it, it's it's whether it's depth i mean at what point before we get off, I want to ask you this. Mm -hmm. At what point in the season? You mentioned Caleb Williams, the draft. We're going to start doing draft content here pretty soon if, if things keep yes, going sir. this way. <laughs> um, at what point do you, as an organization, say, okay, it's time for us to maybe blow this up, trade away the vets, and start to rebuild? I think once you're out of it from the division, you know, okay. I think right now – the Chargers have two losses, so you're one game behind them. Two, yeah. you're, you're two games behind the Chiefs. Um, so you got to figure it's out to uh, go on the streak. That's, yeah, it's still a tight it's race, still tight. but you're, you're, you're still in it. It's not over yet. Yeah. Um, even though the world is telling you, as a football player, you got to have a, you got to kind of close out the world. You know, yeah. I've never been a part of a 70 20 uh, loss, you know, <laughs> like that, but. Um, I would think in my mind I would have to close out the world and be able to just try to focus on and push through and win one game. And uh, I think uh, Coach Payton, I don't know, you know, it's 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 hard to see how the locker room is, you know. And right. like you said, we we're right. talking about leaders in the locker room. And yeah, um, is Coach Payton or is uh, Coach Payton and the GM are they on the same page? Because maybe right. Sean Payton might be cool with the owners. You know, yeah. and they might want to go get their own guys with the GM with the scouting yeah. report. Because right now the talent level is not looking up to par with everybody else in the NFL. So yeah. they're they it's, they got some question marks, you know. And I can if I'm a head coach, of course I'd be talking to the D coordinator going off, you know, when my defense yeah. is looking <laughs> like that. So, when you give up uh, 750 yards, yeah, man. So I what think the they got to do some soul searching. Coach Joseph got to do some. Um, scheme, um, searching, you know, because it looked like they did, they don't have an identity, no. you know. Um, usually you got to have some defensive calls, like some bread and butters. Like if we call this, everybody knows what to do, 
regardless of what formation they come out in, we all know how to execute this defense, yeah. right? So that's what they need. And uh, right now, they just look like they're confused right now. Yeah. And I mean, going back to the Washington game, there were a couple plays where um, you, you go back and you look at the coverage and you're just like, what is the call here? Like, uh, th there was one play in particular where um, I think it was uh, Curtis Samuel or Jahan Dotson ran like a 10 yard out. And you had Kareem Jackson on the far hash and he's sprinting down to cover the outside, cover the boundary. And it looked like they were in some kind of cover three or, or like a cover three with the slot um, running man. And, and you look at some of these plays and you're just like, what is this coverage? What are the rules of this coverage? Because mm -hmm. uh, it, that Tyreek, that first Tyreek touchdown, same thing. It's a miscommunication. He looked like cover two, open. but I couldn't figure it out, man. It, it, it looked like cover it looked two. Weird, man. It looked like yeah. three. And then like Kareem is carrying, like it, it looked like the slot. Somebody let him go. You know, yeah. So it, I can tell if the corner needed to stay with him. Did the corner on the backside, did he run with the receiver? With his I, receiver, did I you think look? he. I think he did. It, it was the so it was the slot defender pushing vertical, and then Tyreek came across, and Kareem stayed where he was. So that tells me that it's it's either three or it's two, and the and the slot defender just missed his assignment. Um, mm. On on either way, they credited uh or they they tagged pat sertan with that coverage it was not pat sertan in that coverage he actually didn't have too bad of a game i think he had, he did get burnt by chosen anderson or robbie chosen Wait, if you give up a touchdown you had a bad game yeah and that's that was a 68 yard score and and that's that's yeah. tough uh again it was in garbage time but like still you don't you don't want to give up those scores and i I just there has to be something done. They got to sit down in the film room. They got to get this shit squared away because it it's not working. Whatever they're trying to do right now is not working. Vic Fangio's defense prevails once again. Um, you know that you played in both of those systems, man, and and you know we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, in our Week Four preview. But uh, Chris, yes, that's gonna do it for our show today. Um, you know, seventy to twenty loss is hard to cover. We've managed to go over on time, which is uh, a miracle yeah. but it's good to talk ball man and uh shout yeah, out bro. to your kansas jayhawks dude rank we the undefeated team man undefeated 4-0 oh, baby rank 24th let's, let's go. go rock chalk baby the oregon ducks come away victorious over the colorado <laughs> buffaloes what a great game uh you know Kansas we didn't even talk about the, we didn't even talk about the buffs well, you know we're so mad about the about the <laughs> dolphins game we forgot about you know the 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 buffs getting killed, but the you know, Dion is going to take some while. It's going to take a couple of years. It it's it's recruiting. That's what it comes down to, and it's yeah. the first year. Dion's admitted that many times. You know, I I wasn't surprised by the the game and and the result, but uh, it it was still fun. That Colorado team's going to be fun next year, man. They're they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oregon's just a really really talented team right now with a lot of experience. Oregon got so. some dogs. They got some dogs. Yeah. That those two corners that they got, that especially that number five looked real nice. Yeah, I'm like, it, hey, number five got a chance. Maybe you know, he's a big a six one, six two corner. You yeah, know, long, uh, long. Oh, the Alabama Broncos transfer. definitely drafting a corner first or second round next year. Yeah, I can. Well, or a um, some probably some tight ends. I would think. What do you think? We'll talk it, about that it, later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, draft time. Draft time. Well, depending, is my yeah, time to drive. I have the first yeah, pick. My time yeah, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. Make, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We're going to have videos up. We'll have some clips up there. Uh, maybe we'll end up doing some film breakdown here uh, with yes, Coach sir. Chris Harris Jr. Uh, in, in the near future. But Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.